Last Sunday, we, uh, Bev and I presented uh, one word, and uh, you can find that on your app under media, under foundation, and uh, last Sunday was January 5. And thank you to many of you who have shared your one word for this coming year with us. And if you haven't done so already, you can post your word at cdac.ca slash my word. I want to welcome all those who are listening online. Glad that you have chosen to uh, be with us. You can find uh, the message notes under media. January 12th called Belong. And just a word about that as well. Your discussion guides are there too. So just another way of serving you with... Uh, information. So under um, message notes, you can just follow along. You can add to those notes. You can save them and you, of course you can share them. Uh, today we're continuing in the series uh, Foundation and we're looking kind of at the foundation of uh, what we believe here at Circle and how you can connect and so today we're talking about belong. One of the most fascinating things you discover when you're reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels uh, of the stories of Jesus, is that people who were very much unlike Jesus, liked Jesus. And the thing about Jesus is that people who were unlike him, he really liked as well. And the reason is that is surprising is that often the message that we receive from the church accidentally, but still receive it, is that the church is for church people. And we want to debunk that this morning. So people who are connected to Jesus may be super spiritual people, Religious people, well, those are the people that are welcome to church. But those who are not connected to Jesus, then possibly we think that the church really doesn't have anything for you. The fact that the traditional view of church is this, that you had to believe, then you had to behave before you could belong. But what we have discovered through reading the Gospels is that Jesus' view is that he wanted you to belong. And once you follow, once you belong, then you will come to believe. And once you believe, then it's the role of the Holy Spirit for, to help you become all that God had designed you to become. So, as I say, the shocking part of reading the stories of Jesus is that he delighted in those who were irreligious. And he seemed to resist the religious. This is a strange thing. You would think that Jesus would be most comfortable with those who were religious. But it appeared that the people who loved Jesus, and Jesus loved them back, was those who were irreligious. 
So today we're going to focus on this word, belong. When you read the Gospels, you find one of the reasons that Jesus came was to explain God in such a way that you could feel you had a personal connection with Jesus. Jesus came to reinterpret and present kind of a a new paradigm of what it means to connect with God. And Jesus showed up when there was a very traditional religious system that was in play. The religious system caused people to believe they were far, far away from God. So Jesus came to explain the Father. And he wanted people to know that a personal connection with God was not through a priest. It wasn't through a system. It wasn't through the temple, or in our case, through the church. It was through him and through what he did. And this was a brand new concept and radically different news for his generation. So Jesus constantly created word pictures that would describe a relationship with God. This is how he, you relate, he would say. It's like a child relating to his dad. Not an imperfect father, but a perfect father. It would be a father-son or father-daughter context. And he was saying by these pictures that it was very relational to be part of God. And then Jesus would talk about a shepherd and his sheep. And that picture was very pronounced in the culture that he he was talking to. They knew that a shepherd cares for and nurtures his sheep. And the thought was that God cares and nurtures for you. He protects and provides and cares. This was radically different news to the audience that Jesus was talking to. To them... God was far away, and he was cosmic. It was a background to which there was kind of dualism, which meant you never knew if God was happy with you, if he was mad at you, if he was going to be vindictive towards you. And so you feared God. And the Jewish context was that you had to be holy and righteous, whatever that meant, to get into God's good books. God may love you, but he really didn't like you. And so the message was, you got to clean up before you can belong to God. So Jesus' message was unlike what people were growing up with, and his message that God loves you like a father who cares for you, or a shepherd who, who, who cares for you, was radical, and it was good news. Now, if you grew up in a church, chances are that you have a similar idea of God by how the church approached people. I grew up in a system where I had to believe everything in the Bible, And then I had to clean up my life, 
And then I had to appear holy, whatever that was. Usually it meant, you know, having a suit and tie and carrying a Bible under my arm. And then I could belong to this exclusive club called the church. So my experience is that people think that the church is for church people, and there's nothing in church for people who don't believe and don't behave. So I want you to know, this is not how Circle presents Jesus and how to belong to God. Now, before we get into the text this morning, I want to explain that all people are on a spiritual journey. All people. Every one of us here are made to connect with God and we are somewhere on the pathway that I want to show you on the screen. Now, this represents what we call our spiritual journey pathway. And you might identify yourself on multiple uh, places on the pathway. But the, the first one is where you say, not yet. In other words, you're aware that there may be something out there. There may be a God or, or some sort of spirituality. But you're not interested. So you're kind of resisting. The second one, you're curiously seeking. You realize there's, a, there's more to life than what is seen. And so you're kind of curious about spiritual things. The third uh, place is searching assertively. In other words, you take steps to find needed answers. You're asking questions. And so uh, you're not ready to believe yet, but you're on the pathway. And the fourth one is you've made a, a faith commitment. You begin to believe in Jesus Christ, that he's God, and, and you, you begin to make a decision to, to start turning your life over to God and, to, and, and your wills over to him. Then, the fifth one is experiencing new life. Where you begin to grasp the implication or the meaning of the gospel. And the core elements of following Jesus. And then the sixth one is that you begin to grow in community. You grow in intimacy with God and deepening in relationships with other people in the church. And you begin to feel value in the community. And then the seventh is that you live missionally. In other words, you share your story, your faith effectively. And you begin to mentor other people in the process. So you're looking for the ones and twos and threes to help them along. So... Hopefully all of us can say, you know, I'm somewhere on this pathway. I might be simply seeking and curiously seeking, or I might be on the pathway where I'm living missionally. And so everyone here this morning, I submit, is on the journey. Some of us are somewhere on this pathway and relating to God in some way. Even if you are resisting God this morning and skeptical of God. And if that's you, if you're skeptical, I want you to know that you're welcome in this place. And you're welcome to ask questions. So 
in this context, Jesus shows up to say, I have come to explain the Father. And the Father has an intense desire to connect with not just a group, not a church, not a nation, but individuals that matter to him. He came to connect individually like a father with a son or a shepherd with his sheep. And Jesus came to model this and begins with an invitation to belong. He says, I want you to belong. And you will see that this is a shocking invitation to belong. It precedes the invitation to believe. He wants you to belong. And the invitation is extended to you individually. It's an invitation to every person. And I know that there have been pastors who have said, no, 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 the invitation is for the elect. A select group of people. It's not for everyone. This, I want you to know, is a false declaration, and it has hurt many people. Jesus invites every one of us to the party. So the foundation to spirituality is Jesus' invitation to every last person, come and follow me. So this makes it so simple and so universal and so doable. And Jesus came to model what the Father is like and what the invitation would look like. So we see this in the story that we're going to unpack this morning. The story is found in Luke chapter 19, and beginning at verse 1, it says that Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was the chief tax collector and was wealthy. There was basically, at that time, a, kind of like a pyramid scheme where Zacchaeus purchased the business of tax collecting. And he paid money to have this position. In an exchange, he could collect a certain amount of money to pay Rome, and he could keep the rest of the money that he collected. So Zacchaeus opened kind of a, like a franchise to collect taxes. The Zacchaeus... Um, Zacchaeus would also hire top guns and they would hire other tax collectors and Zacchaeus would get a percentage of everything that was collected by those underneath of him. They all worked for him. Now there were over 12 taxes that were collected. Bridge tax, port tax, income tax, property tax, Wine tax, fruit tax, bread tax, carbon tax, every kind of tax. It was kind of like today. And Rome didn't care how much he collected as long as they got what they wanted. So Zacchaeus, you can imagine, was not very well liked within the community. In fact, he had his own category of despicable people. There were sinners, and then there were tax collectors. I mean, they didn't even fit in the category of sinners. 
They were so despicable. They were so bad. And so verse 3 says, he wanted to see who Jesus was because he was short and he couldn't see over the crowd. So everyone heard that Jesus was passing through and they got up early in the morning to get a good seat. You know, they, they woke up their kids. They, you know, served them breakfast. They got them all dressed and ready and they went out early and got the best seat along the road in which Jesus was coming along. And Zacchaeus got up late. He slept in and he came to the place where Jesus was coming and he couldn't see above the crowd. So verse 4, he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. And since Jesus was coming his way, verse 5, and when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up. And as Jesus was looking up, they're thinking to themselves, great. Jesus is, is going to, you know, call him out. He's going to call this guy a despicable rat and call him down and you know, tell him off and put him in his place. And then it says, it said to him, this is Jesus, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. And the disciples are thinking, what? No, no. We're not going to his house. The optics are not good. We can't associate with this guy. If people see that he belongs with us, it will hurt our reputation. We can't go to his house. Jesus, can we just pass through this town and get on with our, our life? We can't sit with this tax collector. Verse 6 says, So he, Zacchaeus, came down at once and welcomed him gladly. I bet he did. I bet he did. And he saw in Jesus' eyes acceptance and sincerity. And he was saying, even though I know all about you, Zacchaeus, I'm asking you to follow me. I want you to belong to me. And verse 7 says, all the people who saw this began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. I mean, this was so offensive to the Jewish people. There were rules about who you could be seen with and who you couldn't be seen with. You would be unceremonially clean if you went to that house and touched this guy and visited with this guy. It, you, were, you were not to be with the people who were not holy and not righteous. So this went against the grain of all that they were taught about God and spirituality. You don't associate with these despicable people. By the way, some churches still function like this today. Did you know that? I grew up in a religious system where we were to stay separate from these kinds of unholy people. In my home, I could not go to extracurricular activities with those people. If, uh, you know, if there would have been a special school to isolate me from those people, I would have been sent there. I could not go to movies. I could not dance. I could not participate in extracurricular 
sports activity because I could get contaminated by the world. Do you know how that affected my view of God and my view of people? I had such a distorted view of God and righteousness because my well-meaning parents who were taught by a well-meaning church that you have to stay separate from all of those people because you're going to get contaminated if you ever set foot around those people. So here, Jesus upsets this whole system, this whole Jewish system. The foundation of Jesus' movement is to invite every last person to follow. He wanted you to belong. His idea was he would not get contaminated by those people, but rather those people far from God journeyed with Jesus. They would, in time, they would come to believe in who God was. They would experience this irresistible grace of God. To be like Jesus means we journey with people who are not God followers. Have you heard me? To be like Jesus means we go to places where there are activities that we may not agree with. There may be people that we are not like who don't share our values in our system of belief. Now look at what happens, and this doesn't occur this fast with people all the time. People don't go from, you know, resistant from one to seven immediately. However, in verse eight it says, Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. All of the possessions I gain by, you know, being a shyster, I give to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay it back four times the amount. I think Zacchaeus heard of Jesus' grace and his impeccable reputation. And he heard that Jesus invited people to a whole new level of living that brought hope and healing. And he thought about it prior to coming to the parade that day. And when Jesus came to meet Zacchaeus and included him in his circle, Zacchaeus was willing to change his story life, to exchange his way of living to a more just and righteous way. And verse 9, it says, Jesus said to him, Today, today salvation has come to this house. Because this too, this man too, is a son of Abraham. And again, those who heard Jesus talk this way would be offended. This wretched sinner is considered to be a child of God, the son of Abraham. And for us today, the message of Jesus is that he has high regard for people. Jesus understands that every person is on a spiritual journey. Jesus would tell us that every person that he has created is his child. He loves every last person the same way. 
He loves the Iranian as much as he loves the North American. He loves the politician as much as he loves, you know, the gold medalist. There is no ranking with God. We tend to have, you know, oh, he's a good guy. Oh, I don't know about him. But with Jesus, everyone is the son of Abraham. His vision for every last person is to be a child of God. They're invited, they need to be invited to the journey. So a church gathering should make way for people who are not like Jesus to belong. Jesus often says, come and see, come and follow me. His disciples would say, hey, come and see this guy that I have met. And he's saying by that, all people matter to God. Why? Verse 10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. He came to seek and save the lost. And to borrow from the story and to extrapolate the value system of Jesus, all people matter to the living God. All people are lost. And if we follow Jesus, this is our mission, to seek and invite people on the journey. Now, let me repeat. All people are lost. Now, some of us think, well, I'm in church, I'm not lost. You know, there are some days I just feel lost. There are some thoughts that I have that you know, I, I might or might not act out on, and it just, it, I can't help it. I just feel lost. Every day I realize I need God's grace. And here's what I want you to, to hear today. That Jesus has extended an invitation to you and he extends it to you every day of your life, regardless if you've gone to church for 30 years or 30 minutes. Every single day, he extends this invitation. The invitation is not, it is not to change, it's not to do better, it's not to try harder, it's not to clean up your life, it's not to pray harder, it's not to give more. The invitation is simply this. Would you follow me? Would you belong to me? Can I come to your house? Would you do what you know to do? And would you just take baby steps? Would you join the church? Would you join the journey? And would you just belong to me? Would you belong? This is an invitation to sinners and people who don't view themselves as sinners. People who think they have it all together and don't need anything. But there will be a moment in your life because it comes to everybody's life over time. But you look into your own soul 
and you say to yourself, you know what? It's not right here, and it's not right here, and it's not right there, and there's a part of me that's in bondage, and I've tried to break out of it, but I keep falling back, and I need God's grace. And Jesus says, you know, that's who I've come for. And I'm extending this invitation. And I'm extending this grace and this opportunity to you. And the invitation isn't to fix yourself, to get better and give me more. It is would you be willing to take baby steps toward me and follow me? Because Jesus wants you to belong. That's all he does, he wants. Years ago, there was a, maybe some of you have heard of it, it's a kind of an addiction ministry. Um, Saddleback Church started it. I can't recall the name right now. Celebrate Recovery is the name. It's for those that have addictions, and usually it's, you know, substance or alcohol or sexual addictions and all kinds of things like that. And it had been running for about 10 years, and, and lives had been transformed as a result of that addiction ministry. And then Dr. Rick Warren, the founder of Saddleback Church, decided he was going to go through celebrate recovery for himself. He thought, you know, I'm just going to take it to see what's going on. And during that time, he realized, you know what? Every last person needs to take this because we all have addictions. He said that something very profound. He said, we were not designed to live in this world that is filled with all kinds of corruption and misery. And we find ourselves coping with life instead of really thriving. And when he went through that, he found new liberty for himself. And he said, listen, if you've been a church member for 30 or 50 years, you need to go to celebrate recovery. What's he saying? He's saying that no matter how much we dress up and look good and we put on the cologne and we put on the perfume and we put on the makeup and we put on the smile, but deep down inside of us, we're still sinners and we still need the grace of God. We can be church members for 100 years, maybe, and we still need God's grace. And Jesus here in this story says, listen, I want you to belong. I want you to belong because this life is a journey and you will come to believe. You'll come to believe. And this invitation that Jesus gives is an invitation to friendship. That's all it is. I don't know if you've ever thought about this invitation. Here's what happens. If you begin to take baby steps to follow Jesus, you will see yourself differently. 
and you'll see the world differently. But more importantly, you'll see God differently and you'll come to know why Jesus came. And when you see yourself and the world differently and God differently, it's in that context that you have the freedom and the security to actually change. Slowly, almost imperceptibly, and it results in major transformation. You will do things differently, not because someone handed you a list, but over time you will fall in love with Jesus Christ. It's like when you fall in love with anyone, you begin to change and do things differently. And it won't be because of obligation, but it will be how could I not do things differently? And some of you know what I'm talking about. You've come to church for a couple years and you begin to understand who Jesus is and then some of your friends who are not church people, they begin to ask you, are you still going to church? Like, are you still going? And they say, I thought it would be, you know, worn off by now. And what they mean is they don't realize that this is about a friendship. They see going to church as a transaction, that you're paying for things that you did in your past life. And by now, it should have been balanced out. And you can quit going to church. I maybe go for a tune-up Christmas Eve and Easter Sunday. But for you, for you who have met Jesus, who've responded to the invitation to belong, you walk out and you say, why wouldn't I be here? Why wouldn't I pray? Why wouldn't I read a Bible? It's become second nature to you. And you know why? You've changed because you belong. You belong. And step by step, you see things differently. And you see Jesus differently. And it helps you make good decisions. And you change not because you want God to love you more, but because you discover how much God loves you. And it happened to Zacchaeus. And it happened to the disciples. And it happened to hundreds of people here at Circle. Do you know that the disciples, when Jesus invited them to belong, they did not believe? It was only after they had belonged and spent a few years with Jesus that they came to believe. And then when Jesus was up on the cross, they stopped believing. And then when they met him again, and he came out of the grave alive, they began to believe again. The more I discover how much God loves me and how much more he has to do in my life to change me, the less critical I am about what he has yet to do in you. One of the reasons that some of you got bumped out of church at some point and quit is because 
you met some really critical and judgmental Christians. These are Christians who quit following Jesus and started evaluating. Like the people in the crowd, they were upset with Jesus for hanging with Zacchaeus. Why are you doing that? He's not one of us. When I follow, I have less time to be critical of you because I'm too busy trying to follow and deal with my own heart. And that's why I believe that you are welcome at Circle. The invitation is not to come and make yourself a new person or drop your habits or work through your baggage. It's just follow. Come, follow, and Jesus will love you and he'll walk with you. And so my question for you this morning at the close of the service is, Wherever you are on that spiritual journey pathway, will you take steps toward Jesus Christ? That's all Jesus asks of you. This is what Circle is all about. You are welcome at Circle. You belong here. We don't want something from you. We want something for you. Would you stand with me? Next week, we're going to continue and look at what does it mean to believe. And we're going to share communion together because it's really a demonstration of what Christ has done for us and why we have the opportunity to believe. This week, could I encourage you to extend the invitation to your friends that Jesus extends to you and just say, hey, would you come with me? Would you come and see? Would you come and would you belong? So as you go this morning, uh, would you know that you go with the affirmation of Jesus Christ that he loves you and he's with you and he wants you to win? And he will be with you in every decision you make and every challenge you face and every grief you bear. He will walk with you because you belong to him. May you go in peace.